Hey, good afternoon, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry coming to you with another clubhouse. I've invited Steve back in the clubhouse. You may know him as a Giants fan who was on a podcast a week or two ago. Um, but I invited him back because he's got a lot to say, and I'm going to lead into it. But, Steve, how are you doing this afternoon? Great, Bill. Thanks for having me on again. This is uh, this should probably actually be more fun than the first one we did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, your first one people loved. And now, Top Fans, you have to understand why I invited Steve back. He has got a unique perspective on ballparks that he's visited. And when he gives you the list of ballparks that he's been to, and he's also going to give you some, you know, historical facts this is one that you're not going to want to be driving. You're going to want to be at a place where you can listen to the whole thing all at once, because just listening to his stuff before we started recording gives me chills. So we're going to start out first and foremost, before we get into 86, 87, which is going to be fun to talk about. How many ballparks have you been to? Yeah, I've been to 20 major league ballparks uh, plus the hall of fame. Um, 10 of those parks are no longer in use. So uh, there are only 10 on the current list. So that means I have 20 more to go to get to get to all of them. And unless they do go expansion or whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. So so break it down for me before we talk about your your big years, because I can't wait to talk about that. Break it down for me. Which ballparks you've been to? I, I think you have a list there. So so go ahead. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to list all 20 ballparks and I'm going to list them in the order that I added them to my bucket list. And I'll Perfect. also I'll also give the date of my first visit because, you know, there's a number of ballparks I've been to for years. So um, so I'll just go one through 20 in the year I started going. So uh, first ballpark was the Oakland Coliseum in 1970. I was six and my dad took me to an A's game. Um, Growing up in the Bay Area, my family, we went to A's and Giants games. Just We went to like one game a year, that kind of a thing. So uh, my number two ballpark was Candlestick Park in San Francisco. And that was 1974 when I was 10 years old. Uh, Henry Aaron broke the all-time home run record, Babe Ruth's record. So my family got tickets to a Braves game against the Giants later in the year. He didn't play, which was a bummer. But anyway, I was 10 years old. It was It was awesome. So those are my home yard. So now comes the uh, the ballpark trips I've had to take. So um, then I went to Anaheim Stadium in 85 and also on the same trip, uh, Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego. Back-to-back uh, -back days, those were, on the, those were on the same trip. Um, then <clears throat> 1986, this is a, a big year. I'll run through the list, but... Um, uh, I went to the Kingdom in Seattle. I went to County Stadium in Milwaukee. I went to Pre-Lights Wrigley Field. I went to Old Comiskey Park. I went to Dodger Stadium. I went to Yankee Stadium. And I went to Olympic Stadium in Montreal. And then starting in 87, I did a, I did a, a duplicate on a bunch of those ballparks, but my new ballparks were uh, Royal Stadium. It, it's now called Kaufman and Bush stadium. Number two, that was the round stadium with the archways all around it and yeah, yeah. the AstroTurf and everything. So Royal stadium. So I did a Missouri trip in 87. Uh, my next one came in 1993. It was mile high stadium in the Rockies expansion year before Coors field was built. So that was a very interesting thing. Cause it was the, 
Denver Broncos football stadium plus Denver always had a minor league, a triple A team for somebody that played in the same thing. The left field stands were on railroad tracks and they just shift them out. And so uh, I got to see that. Um, my next one was in 1998. It was pro player stadium or Joe Robbie stadium in Miami. That was with the Florida Marlins. It was the year after the fire sale. Okay. Now the funny story about Mike Piazza, because I planned a trip to the Caribbean and right before I left, um, and I had planned on coming back from the Caribbean and going to a Marlins game. So I went to the Caribbean. Uh, I didn't have sports information for a week. I, I didn't, didn't have any of the, any of the news. So I knew about uh, the Dodgers trading him to the Marlins. But when I was in the Caribbean, I did not know about the second trade to the Mets. Well, as it would have it, when he got traded to the Mets, their next series was in Miami. So when I flew back in, I had a very strange conversation with the, with the car shuttle, rental car shuttle driver, because he's, what are you here for? You know, I said, I'm, I'm going to the Marlins game. So we started talking about it and we had, each of us was talking in like different verb tenses and everything. And so we were talking past each other, but we weren't mis we weren't understanding each other. And he's like, what, you know about the trade, right? I go, of course I know about the trade, but I didn't know about the second one. So I got to see Piazza play in, uh, but anyway, after the fire sale year, that Marlins team in 98 was so bad. The fans called it semi-pro player stadium. <laughs> <laughs> That was their big joke. So Rough. okay. So then after that, it was on to the new parks. My my Giants got their new ballpark built in 2000. So it was called Pacific Ballpark. Um, the follow I got married that year also. The following year, my wife and I took a southern Cal a southwestern trip. So we went to the Bob, which is Bank One Ballpark, which is now Chase Field in Arizona. That was 2001. We went on vacation to San Diego the year Petco Park opened in 2004, and we've been there a number of times since. Um, and skipping ahead quite a few years, um, 2017, my kid played in the Cooperstown travel ball trips when they're 12 years old. So uh, on that trip, uh, we went to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown and then hit Fenway Park in Boston on our way out. And my last of the 20, the uh, in 2018, uh, I went to Safeco Field slash T-Mobile Park in, in Seattle. Yeah. So those are my 20. Um, nice. Now, let me ask you this question, okay? So as a fan or as a player, do you, it doesn't matter, you know, how you want to classify this. What do you think the three best ballparks are that you've been to and maybe the three, eh, I'm not going to say worst, but maybe the three ballparks Ah, you can do without. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, my my favorites, I'd say out of out of the whole ballpark experience, um. If I say Candlestick Park in the Oakland Coliseum, that's just my my home bias. So I'm going to leave them out. Okay. So my my favorites, I think, are um. Fenway, Oracle Park, and Petco Park, just okay. from a you know, overall experience, what you get to see when you're there looking around, you know, they're, they're, you know, 
they're, they're visual playgrounds. You, you get to see a lot of things. They, they're in great settings. You know, you you just you have a lot to look at and you get a lot of memories from seeing those things. So now the the worst, I know a lot of a lot of people will not Candlestick Park, but I think the number one complaint about Candlestick Park was the weather. And if you can take the weather out of the equation, it really wasn't as you know bad of a park. So I have actually have four that I think were worse than Candlestick. Um, one is the Kingdom. Uh, not to offend Mariners fans, but uh, it, it gave you the matinee effect. You know, when you walk out during a day game, you, you're blinded by the light. Your biological clock goes, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> um, so the Kingdom, um, Olympic Stadium in Montreal, that was a lot of things wrong with it. It was a it was a stadium for the Olympics. It just wasn't suited for baseball. The, the sound was horrible. They were building that tower. Sparks are falling in center field. He's, they're working on 24 hours a day. Um, another one was Mile High, Mile High Stadium in Denver. Um, it really wasn't a baseball park. It was a, it was a football stadium that accommodated baseball by moving the stands back. Um, and then the other one was Pro Player Stadium in Miami. It was, um, you know, it really wasn't built for baseball. It was more football. So the, the adaptation for those parks were, they, they weren't very good. So I agree with you on the kingdom, although I've never been to the kingdom. I've been to the Trop, Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay. Okay. And yeah. whoever built that stadium and thought that white on white is a good idea, they really, really need to. I, I mean, I, I went there. The Yankees were playing. It was the last season that Mariano was was pitching. Um, and I, I, I watched Brett Gardner lose three balls in the outfield on fly balls because it was a – it was a weird start. It was like a, a two two in the afternoon start, not a one start, not a four start. It's like a two in the afternoon start. And when you have that blue sky in the white background, different than the Astrodome where they had the black and then you saw the lights. I mean, Brett Gardner would go back and he put his hands up like, where's the ball? Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it hits that catwalk. And and I've interviewed Tampa Bay fans and they'll, they'll tell you, hey, our stadium's not awesome. But. It's I so I understand the kingdom effect because I understand being at the trop, it was it was a different experience, that's for sure. Yeah. Different experience. Okay, so let's let's take you now, top fan rivalry followers, you, you gotta hear this. This is amazing. So I hear that you may or may not have had a little bit of fun with baseball in 1986, 1987. So tell me a little bit about that. Cause I, I think you got a little traveling in then. So, so talk to me about how many games you went to and maybe what, uh, you know, how many ballparks you went to. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first of all, I'm, this was four decades ago and I still can't believe this happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in 1986, when the season started, um, between the A's giants and my little trip down South, I went to 64 games that year. Um, so I was already going to a lot of games. And when the 86 season started, now, uh, for people who don't know, when, when Major League Baseball puts a schedule together, if there are two teams playing in the same market, like New York, L.A., Chicago, San Francisco, they try to purposely schedule the teams home and away to maximize the market's ability to see all the games. So pretty much when the A's are home, the Giants are on the road and vice versa. So I started that year going to – the first 
A's home series and the Giants first home series. And then I kept going to games. It was a couple of weeks into the season. I thought, Hey, I've been to every game so far. And uh, I had already scheduled um, a couple of ballpark trips. One was in April to the kingdom to see the A's play. And one was in May. I did a, a huge ballpark trip. I'll get to that. But as time was going on and I, I worked actually for my future father-in-law. He had a business out of his house and I just made an arrangement with him. Can I do a split shift on day games? I'll just work in the morning. I'll go to a game. And, and it was no problem that I would come back at night and do work for him then too. So that was my full-time job. So I just, I went to every game and I thought, Hey, I'm, this is on a, you know, this is on a, a snowball effect. And there's no reason to give up. So I just kept going. Um, so Across the entire 1986 season, I went to 173 regular season games in 11 different ballparks. I took eight different ballpark trips that year. And because the A's are home and the Giants were away, um, I missed one A's home game that year. And I missed, I think it was like four Giants home games that year. Um, so that was, I mean, it was just an unbelievable experience. And one of the best parts of it is that 86 was Will Clark's rookie season and 86 was Jose Canseco's rookie season. So I saw almost all of their rookie season at home. Uh, even I traveled to see the A's. So I even saw the A's on the road, um, at Giants too. I saw both teams on the road. Um, so it, my big trip that I planned uh, before the internet, I used to write to every major league team over the off season and request a pocket schedule. So I'd get all those in the mail and I would put them on my kitchen table and I would put together a master major league schedule in, in search of ballpark trips. I just had this sudden love for, I wanted to go see all the ballparks. So I, I, I had that. So my biggest trip that year was in May and I went to eight games in five days in five different ballparks. So, um, you know, I put schedules together and there sometimes the two teams in the same market or in close markets, one team will both be home, but one team will play a day game and the other team will play a night game. And you can go to, but like if you went to a Dodger game in the day and then went to an angels game at night, you know? Um, so some friends of mine, we, we call that a double header the hard way. So you, go to two games and one. In fact, I actually got to see all three Molina brothers catch in the same day that that happened one time. So, wow. wow. Anyway, back to 86. So, um, uh, this trip, um, so day one, I saw a double header at candlestick. Uh, the next day I flew to Chicago, rented a car and drove to Milwaukee, saw a Brewers game, came back to Chicago after the game and the next two days in a row, the Cubs and Sox were both home. So I saw a day game at Wrigley, a night game at Old Comiskey with pizza at Geno's East. And if anybody's from Chicago, they'll know what I'm talking about <laughs> in between the game. And I did that two games in a row. So it, it was it was funny because the, the Cubs were playing the Dodgers and the White Sox were playing the Yankees. So which I just had all these Hall of Fame players were there and everything. Um, so after the fourth game where I saw two days in a row, Cubs and Sox, uh, took an early morning flight back to Oakland, landed at Oakland airport at 10 30 in the morning, 
for a noon game, one of the business day specials across the freeway. So that was eight games in five days in five parks. And um, that was that was just unreal. It was it was a total whirlwind. Uh, but just the memories. I took pictures, so I'm I'm thoroughly glad I brought my camera. Um, so there was that. Um, so it was it was quite an ordeal. Um, and then I took other ballpark trips later on. My my other big one in '86 was I went to Montreal, and um, uh, direct flights to the east coast of Canada from the west coast of the U.S. were not real possible back then. They were very expensive, so I had to work a layover. In so I went. I I either had to choose a layover in Dallas Fort Worth to see the A's play the Texas Rangers in Arlington Stadium or I could see a game at Yankee Stadium and I just I happened to choose uh, Yankee Stadium so I flew into LaGuardia took a cab out to Yankee Stadium I only had time for the game um, I had a six o'clock flight the next morning so I didn't I couldn't get a hotel I just went right back to the airport slept in the lounge and then flew to Montreal but there was a bomb scare, a terrorist threat. So they closed down all the lockers they used to have at the ballpark. So I had to drag my luggage wearing Oakland A's gear to sit in the bleachers at a night game in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. And you made it out alive. I made it out alive. And uh, the men's room was an experience because there I went in there and there were these guys in there. They were threatening my life. I was like, calling out A's players or whatever. I'm like, okay, mom, I hope you're not, I'm, I'm not washing my hands when I leave. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, so tell me about 87. Okay. So 87, um, uh, I went to only 165 games and only seven parks, but, um, I also took a trip to spring training in Arizona beforehand. So I got 10 games in there. I went to the home run derby and the all-star game in Oakland. I went to a minor league game in Reno on the off break. And then the giants won the division that year. So I got to see all three uh, home games of the national league championship series in San Francisco. So that was a total of 180 games in 87. And that was McGuire's rookie year. I saw every single home game for Mark McGuire. So between Clark Canseco and McGuire, I just, you know, I was there for their whole first couple of seasons. Amazing. Top, top fans, if you're listening to this, I'm sitting here taking notes going, how does this guy do this, right? I mean, I always joke with the top fans and I say, if money wasn't an issue and you had a month and you could visit what, which ballparks, you're doing it, sleeping in hotel lobbies and wearing the wrong gear to Yankee Stadium and, and surviving. So this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Um, Okay, so... When it comes to ballparks and when it comes to memories, I'm going to bring up a memory that that is near and dear to you in the Bay Area. So in 1989, you had a World Series between correct. both of your teams. That's right? correct. Uh, where were you when the earthquake game happened? Were you in the stadium by chance? Uh, yes, I was. Um, in fact, um, I went to all the American League Championship Series games in Oakland, all the National League Championship Series games in San Francisco. Plus, I had tickets to all seven games of the World Series and went to each one. Obviously, there were three not played. But game three, um, um, I was, I had visited some, 
friends in the upper deck. There was a small group of people. And we were walking down the zigzag ramp from the upper deck to the lower deck. We were on the bottom of it. And a friend I was with said, hey, is that an earthquake? And I stopped. And I looked straight down. And my head was stationary, but I could see my feet go back and forth, you know, like a foot or two in each direction. Um, it was a major earthquake, and it um, it shook quite a bit. Um, I'm there were hundreds of tons of concrete directly over people's heads, and you know, and it it went on for 15 seconds. But when you're in that, 15 seconds seems like an eternity. So um, that was the most bizarre day of my life because the the biggest party I ever been to in my life turned into a science fiction movie in a matter of like five minutes. So, and for, for those of you that aren't aware um, that may not have experienced earthquakes like Steve and I being on the West Coast, it's not something like a tornado or a hurricane that you can prepare for. It just happens. And 15 seconds can feel like an eternity. I know it sounds weird, but it feels like an eternity. And you honestly, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but you honestly feel very mortal at that point and you realize how precious life can be because you realize yeah. this can happen at any time and I'm I don't have any control over this <laughs> yeah and so so well, but, one of the odd but, things about it is I didn't I didn't find out about the damage until later um where I was there was no observable damage and you could hear a pin drop mm -hmm. and like 10 seconds later, 62,000 people erupted into this huge chair. And it was just people high-fiving and partying and let's get beers and, you know, take this East Coast media, welcome to California. You know, we put our mark on the world. And and um, the concession stand, the cash registers went out. And they said, oh, the power went out. We can't give you change. But if you want to go to the next dollar and everyone's like, oh, we don't care. This is a World Series, you know. And it wasn't until I got to my seat, um, well, all the power was out. So the scoreboard was out and the PA system was out. There was no way to communicate anything until a, a police car went around the warning track and a police officer had one of those battery operated megaphones. Mm -hmm. So it sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. You couldn't understand, you know. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So everyone said, you know, people started saying, well, they told us to go home. The game's canceled. And you're thinking, wait a minute, you don't cancel a World Series. Who's in charge of this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of confusion. And it wasn't until I got out into the parking lot that I saw a news van with the doors open. It was still on battery. And all the TV screens had all the, you know, the bridge collapsed, the city was on fire, and the freeway collapsed on it. You know, you saw all the damage at, at once. And that was, that was a shock right there. That was like, uh-oh. That's when it became real. That's when it became like more than real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So final thoughts here, my friend. I, I, I mean, this is, this is fantastic. And top fans, I, Steve and I have talked offline about this and this has been phenomenal, but final thoughts here. Um, if you, you know, of the 20 ballparks that you have left um, to visit, you know, what's your top three or five that, that if you had the time, you had the means and you're, you know, you had a month or so to do it in. You didn't have to sleep on the, you know, in the lobby or anything. Where are you going to next? Where Where do you want to go to next? Yeah, the 
top of my list, bucket list, um, my son's a huge fan too. We, we both agree it's PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Yes. And just about every Giants fan I know that has been there, they say it's better than Oracle. So I, I would take that with some degree of reality, you know. So uh, I'd want to go there. Um, okay. I would want to go to, uh, I think, Cleveland. I'd want to go there. Um, Philadelphia, probably. Um and then, yeah, then it's it's kind of a toss up. I mean, uh, some of the other ballparks, I'm you know they're I don't have the big urge to go, but PNC is the big one. Have you been to the new Yankee Stadium? I know you've been to the old one. Have you been to the new one? No, I haven't. Um, of course, That's I want nice. to. I just you know when, when nice. my trip my trip back to Cooperstown, I I had a. a I could fly through New York or Boston, and I thought, well, I, I, I'm going to Fenway instead of yeah. one of the New York ones. Actually, um, City Field, I want to go see that, too. Well, it's I, I've been to the New York new Yankee Stadium. I haven't been to the old one. Uh, PNC is on my bucket list. Great American is on my bucket list mm -hmm. in, um, in Cincinnati. I've got a friend who's a huge Reds fan, and he can't wait. Um, to take me there and and it looks like a nice ballpark um i have not been down into texas area i'd like to see you know houston stadium i'm gonna wear dodger gear if i go to houston i'm gonna wait until the dodgers are playing in houston and i'm gonna wear dodger gear see if i can make it alive i'll let you know i'll keep you posted steve if i need bail money or anything i'll let you know yeah okay um, you know I'll, I'll make sure you're on speed dial number two <laughs> For that we'll have, a, we'll have a gofundme account for <laughs> yeah yeah gofundme bills in in houston but there you know what i love about your stories that you're telling and what i i hope everybody listens to on this podcast is baseball is an incredible sport and it's a lot of fun and it going to different ballparks and experience it in different places and having the history to tell about it unmeasurable and so i recommend trying to trying to hit every single one you can Right. And yeah. so, Steve, I, I appreciate you sharing your stories with us. And we're going to get you on again to share some more stories. But I appreciate you sharing stories with us today. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It's it's always fun to talk baseball. And that's something I've had my whole life. So yeah, uh, I, I'll talk about it forever. <laughs> one of these days when I get up north, we're going to have to we'll have to meet up someplace. And you'll have to show me some of these pictures from some of these older ballparks that you've been to. I'd love to see them. Oh, certainly. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. Well, top fans, this is Steve. Um, I will tag him when this drops again. Uh, follow him. He's got a great baseball history. And if you're a true baseball purist, he's a great guy to, to follow and watch. And so follow him and and we'll make sure that uh, his information gets out. This will drop this week. So enjoy it. And I'm so grateful to have you on again, Steve. Thanks so much. All right, thank you, Bill. Have a good you day. Got you got it.